Hello, you're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Well, should I wait until after you do the first show, and then I can say yo? No, you have to say it now, because you just broke the entire process. Okay, yo. And we're from the TakuSpirit.com website, where you can go for our news, anime, new and old, all that good stuff there. It's from anime fans, for anime fans. You messed up everything. I can't stalk anymore. <laughs> I can't stalk. Uh, but yeah, today we're doing our reviews for the summer 2017 anime season. You're like, oh my gosh, it's not over yet. Yeah, technically, like, they're all sporadically spread out. Like, one show ended, like, two weeks ago. The other one's, like, going to end up, like, in October. It's trying to finish. But uh, we have we have enough for our first part. And since we don't like waiting too long, because then we forget things, uh, decided to knock them out now. We do want to mention that Awari Monogatari's second season will be on a separate podcast. We've already watched it and reviewed it and put it in our little cubby hole. And it will not come out of the cubby hole until I think I still have to release the first two Keys of Monogatari uh, movie reviews and another one, I believe. And then I'll release that one midweeks. So if you're looking forward to that, that's where it's at. But yeah, today's episode, we're going to review Katsugeki Token Rambu. My first girlfriend is a gal. Uh, Sagrada Reset, Love and Lies, Recreators, Sakura Quest, Netsuo, uh, Netsuzo, Trap NTR, Aho Girl, and Sure Dure Children. You got it, what, three, three, uh, 24 episode shows, so. Yeah, it seemed like all the 24 episode shows, except for My Hero Academia, all kind of ended early. Uh, My Hero Academia is the one that's, like, going into October, I think, so. Yeah, eventually I'm completely that one fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want it to go too long. Otherwise, we'll have to like do our own side podcast just for that one. So, might as well. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, let's 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 jump right into it. Are you are you ready to start tackling all these shows? I'm I'm gonna go ahead and walk away and come back in about five six minutes when you're done talking about this show. <laughs> you think it'll only take me five six minutes to finish Katsugeki Token? It'll Rambo? take you longer than five or six minutes. It's not Hanamama or whatever the hell that other one was called. So no, it probably won't take about five six minutes. Anyways, Katsugeki Token Rambu. Katsugeki Token Rambu is the Japanese title, so it's not any different. Uh, it was streaming on Amazon, uh, Hulu, and Crunchyroll, ran for 13 episodes, and it's being done by Studio Ufutable. And the source is a game. The action or genres are action and fantasy. And yeah, this one basically, for those that don't know, it's based off a card game or whatever. It's the same makers as uh, that Can game that everybody's excited yes, about. DMM. So it's kind of that same idea of like. Whereas Ken Gali is all about these cute girls, this one's like pretty boys and handsome looking men that are basically, uh, the concept is that 
these weapons that were yielded by very important people in Japanese history are kind of personified as people. And these people are then used to be sent back by their master to the past to protect history because there's this time retrograde army that are like these weird looking creature uh, skeleton looking dudes that will be sent to a certain time period and they're trying to stop the normal history from happening like somebody getting assassinated or to assassinate somebody or to cause a war or stuff like that so these personified weapons will then go to those time periods stop things from uh, you know being broken they kind of give it a bracket, like, okay, technically this this monster runs off and kills random citizens. It, that, that doesn't mean time changes. It, they, like, say that there's, like, this kind of breaking point. And if they reach this breaking point, time will for sure change. And so they're kind of going there. They're stopping these retrograde armies from breaking things. At the same time, you're getting the interactions between each of these swords. They're kind of talking about their previous masters. And then there's kind of a little bit of element in there of... Which I guess is most of the the interaction is really kind of, is it a, a history worth keeping? Like, they get into this whole thing where at some point, uh, the main two characters, which is Kanasada and uh, Kunihiro, they are both the same, from the same master. Their, their master was the same. Uh, he wielded both of their weapons. And at some point, they kind of get into the idea of, well, he's, this guy is supposed to die at a certain point. Do, are they okay with him dying there? Should they save him? what regrets they have, because one was technically left behind before he went off to his death. And so they have that whole struggle that's happening. Do we Is this a time we're saving? Can we change it for the better? Would it be better if our master died because technically he caused this other master grief? So there's there's kind of that element that's kind of getting kicked around constantly at the same time. They kind of just have little banters and these really, really cool action scenes. So yeah, my thoughts on the show. I think... Uh, <laughs> I think it's fantastic for anybody that likes Pretty Boys and wants to see them kicking butt. Um, I think Affordable is their usual top notch in animation. It looks beautiful. The, the The sceneries are beautiful. The weapon fights are really well choreographed. They looked fantastically animated. Lots of really cool uh, reflections and, and light reflections off of these really beautiful swords. They look cool. Their Their clothes flow really well. All the animation is just fantastic. The fight scenes are fantastic. I think the last battle was a little meh because it was just a lot of lot of these uh, retrograde army soldiers kind of rushing and they're just kind of zooping past them and they disappear. It doesn't really show the really cool uh, weapon choreography that was kind of in the earlier episodes. <laughs> what? Yeah, you and your little. S- I- <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Let me let me give you an example here. In the earlier episodes, you have this whole fight with uh, it. Me- it was mainly uh, Tombokuri, who he's this guy with this really long spear. I think I showed you a scene of it. He has this really cool little spear, and he's fighting one of these tougher retrograde army soldiers. They, there's like, of course, like with these games, there's ranks of stronger and stronger opponents, and there's this really big tough one. And it's showing how he's, like, hitting the other guy's sword. He's getting reflected. He's he's changing positions. He's hitting with a butt. He's flying over him, attacking from different angles. Uh, the the weapon gets broke, and he still kind of fights back by grabbing the, what's remaining of it, and, and it's still attacking with it. That is cool choreograph and fighting. Having a monster running from one side of the screen, and they're running from the other side of the screen, and it just kind of slice, and it just the monster disappears, that's not cool. That's just... Okay, that was a that was a fight. There was no 
cool choreographed fights in the the later scenes. It was literally just slash and the monster disappears. It didn't show any kind of difficulty. It didn't show them struggling. There was no. It was one sided. I guess is the way to put it. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not bashing you. I, I, I actually, I at least you're consistent. I mean, <laughs> but no, it's not. It's not on the levels of like Twin Star Exorcist, where literally all it is <laughs> is lines appearing on the screen, and then they show up in one location, and everything dies. It's not that bad. You still see <laughs> the character run forward and you know swing their sword at least, which is really well animated swing of a sword. <laughs> it's just not as cool as the other ones, and I, 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 I think. Besides the really cool action scenes, I did appreciate the struggle of the characters over saving their master or the struggle of seeing a master and feeling that they're going to leave their current master. Because they're they're faithful to the guy who summons them into locations and leads them, but they still have this element of being attached to their, their old master. I kind of – it wasn't really fantastic. It wasn't, you know, like heart-gripping, but it was cool to kind of see that element included in there. In an otherwise pretty dry um, conversation between the characters. I think the chemistry between the characters just didn't work really well. I, I liked the main two characters towards later parts. I enjoyed their interactions, but for the most part, interactions were really kept to the same beats over and over again. So it doesn't it's, it it does get repetitive in the dialogue between the characters. They're still struggling with the same things over and over again. Um, I also really appreciated uh, the first unit because. Of course, the characters you start at the beginning with are the second unit. And the first unit, as the title would lead you to believe, are the really good cards. I guess they're like the really high-leveled up cards because their team, they go into a location and they wreck things and they look good doing it. So I really enjoyed watching them kind of destroy things. Because if, if it's if it's about the animation, watching the, the first units destroying things was really, really cool. So... Uh, they excel in that art regard. So I, I enjoyed the second art with the first uh, units, and I enjoyed the kind of final uh, struggle that a lot of the characters had with the later parts of the season. But overall, it's really just if you like cute-looking uh, boys and handsome-looking boys and really cool animation. Other than that, there really is very little to get there, and most of the stuff that I've kind of mentioned is really where I'm trying to struggle to find something uh, because it's not that deep with what it's kind of trying to engage with. But they are plots that are in there that if you heard and thought that they were interesting it's something for you to kind of find in there so was that six minutes that was pretty close to six actually minutes. i think you got almost five or um eight maybe eight minutes oh good 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 but yeah that's uh katsugeki token rambu check it out if you will and they're probably gonna make a second core there's no doubt they're gonna make a second core uh but they'll probably wait for a while so if you liked it you'll probably get more of it they did have at the very end they were doing the whole thing where they're showing like text on the screen and stuff i'm like oh they're gonna announce the second core aren't they and they just or they're doing a movie adaptation so that's that's all they're really gonna do for now no what 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 this show did for me just just in the the first couple of episodes of what i did watch of it is it made me really really angry that they didn't dump a whole bunch of money into can no that's what i was telling chris i was like <laughs> i so wish this was foodable doing can that would, I would be like, oh my gosh, yes. But, and see, that's my struggle. Because I don't know if I don't appreciate the characters and their chemistry and their interaction because they're boy characters. And sorry, I'm I'm I, I'm more attracted to the girl characters. So I don't know if my enjoyment of Ken Kali more was the fact that they're just cute characters and, you know, Congo desks and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. 
I, I, I don't know. I think that that having uh, Ufutable in charge of doing the the battles in Kankali would have been really really epic. They would they would pull off that CG really well because I mean this one I literally didn't really I mean there was moments where you seen like these re- spider looking retrograde army characters that that you knew were obviously CG. A lot of the ghost characters are all CG. Pretty much all of the retrograde army are CG. But they're doing better at kind of melding that. I know that we a big problem we have with like uh, tales of tales of hysteria. No, tales of what was it? Hysteria. Hysteria. The problem we had with that was like CG bat, <laughs> CG dragon. They were just very obvious. But this one, they they seemed like they're kind of. It's probably because they were more in dark environments that it helped it. But they seemed like they were blending that a lot better. So, if football's doing better at hiding that kind of stuff, so that's cool. Next one. My first girlfriend is a gal, or Hajimete no Gyaru, as I'd call it. Streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 10 episodes. Studio is NAZ, or Naz. Uh, source is a manga, and the genres are comedy, romance, ecchi, school, and shonen. And this one follows Junichi, and as Junichi and his uh, pair of, or his, his trio of annoying friends <laughs> are discussing the idea of being eternal virgins. Uh, they decide to play a trick on Junichi by putting a you know, a letter to speak to one of these gyarus, which if you don't know what a gyaru is, they are, uh, in Japan they have a gyaru who is a girl who is kind of, they dress themselves up, they get they get really, really styly, a lot of makeup, um, they just they just like to dress themselves up a lot. They're Cosmo girls. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Valley girl kind of thing. But anyways, uh, they, they put this letter in her locker, so he they tell him about it, and he's freaking out. So he decides, hey, why not? I'm going to try it. And he uh, meets her behind the school and confesses to her and wants to go out with her on a date. And she, uh, after kind of, you know, trying to figure out what his, his motive is and talk down to him a little bit, she finally decides, okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go out with you kind of thing. So, you know, that was kind of shocking, uh, much of a shock to his, his friends. So they start dating together and hanging out and all that kind of stuff. Much to the upset to his uh, childhood friend Nene, who is uh, well well uh, equipped, <laughs> who is very jealous of it. And then there's Ronko, who is uh, this Gyaru girl, uh, Yukana's uh, best friend, who thinks that you know Junichi doesn't deserve her. And this other girl, who is a, I guess you call her closet Gyaru. <laughs> She's an online Garu. <laughs> an online Garu, yeah, streaming Garu, a, t- a Twitch Garu. But anyways, yeah, that's that's basically the premises. So it's really just Junichi trying to figure out why the hell he's with this girl and trying to figure her out because she's a lot different than most of the girls around him. Um, his friends being extremely jealous all the time. Ronko trying to test Junichi or push him away. Nene being jealous and upset on the side. And this Yui girl who... Uh, can we say it? I don't know if that's spoiler to say what her deal is. Womp, womp, or what the, the, the oh, e thing? <laughs> I don't think it really matters. You pretty much already mentioned you that she is Joko. a... She, you technically mentioned that she's an online gatherer, so, I mean, yeah, saying that he's the, he's her... She wants him to be his dog, is, or her dog, is not a real big spoiler. That was a kick, though. It was. But, yeah. Uh, so, what's your thoughts? Primary thoughts? Uh... This show, I, I, we, okay, let's get the, the big old elephant and we'll, okay. The elephant is the, 
the best friends of Junichi really, really freaking annoying. And we'll just take that and set it off to the side because well, not only that, we don't want to focus they were, on that. They were basically ruining the show. No, I, I want to focus on it. I want to kind of get that clear is that a lot of the show's enjoyment was lost because Junichi's friends were annoying as hell. They're one note characters that were just offensive. And I think most of all, of all of them, Minoru was offensive. He was literally a pedophile character, and they weren't ashamed of it. And it was literally, they kept showing it over and over and over again to the point where it was like, okay, this guy needs to get off the screen. I don't want to see this character. He's kind of reminds me of, there's a character in List to Me Girls, I'm Your Father. Yes. He was ruining that show. He was ruining the purity of that show. Granted, there's no purity in this show at all, but he's ruining the show in the same way. It's like, really, dude, that's not necessary. We don't want to see that here kind of thing. They did so, one yeah. thing with him that I did find funny. No. And that Didn't was towards the very thing. end. Nope. That was the only thing. That, well, nope. Just one thing. That, that, was, that was it. The rest, no. I, I, I got really annoyed by him very quickly. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. I want to make sure that was clear. I don't want to put that. No, 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 no. I, 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 that's what I was saying. I, I'm, I'm. We, we both are very, very adamant. Those guys ruined this show. We take that and move it off to the side. The rest of the show, I actually very much enjoyed. Um, the most of the interactions between Yukana and um, Junichi, for the most part, uh, every once in a while, Junichi tended to g- fall into his. Um, I'm a, I'm a pervert guy. So let's oh, those break inner, that. In. Yeah. The inner, inner dialogue type stuff. Ugh. Yeah. But every, but for the most part, their interactions were pretty genuine and, and sweet. Uh, Nene, when she, she t- did her, uh, conversion, she was very, very genuine and, and, and cute and sweet. And a lot of the Ronco, yeah, I, I could have hit and miss when when her interactions were good and yui for the most part i very much enjoyed her story and and how her she fit into this whole harem because this is what it is it is harem guys um it's it's i i did have a lot of fun but bear in mind you have to get past those three guys yeah i think for me I enjoy uh, I enjoy Junichi and Yukana. I, th- I think their chemistry was cute. Uh, it was that constant thing of what does she see in me? Is she trying to is she trying to play me? And at the same time, you're revealing how pure and cute she really is. She's not. It's kind of like Gyako Chan. The same reason why I liked uh, loved Gyako Chan was because it was there was more than meets the eye kind of thing. It's not what's on the cover. It's it's constantly a don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. And I so I enjoy that aspect of it. I'm okay with Junichi having this perverted side. I've watched a lot of shows that have, you know, the male looking, you know, the, the character who's kind of looking down towards her, her boobs or whatever. So there's obviously a perversion there. I, I'm okay with dialoguing that kind of perversion. I think the reason why I hate his perversion so much is because it personifies it. It does this whole stupid thing where it has to show this guy with underwear on his head jumping through the sky and of course himself kind of fighting with himself his feet it was his future self or something like that was in there as well cool guy yeah i mean that that whole thing was like really stop i don't need all that i don't need you to show it in my face for this long i get it he's got these thoughts just tell me and then move on kind of things that that was really my struggle there i think for the comedy the comedy for the most part was kind of hit and miss because of that Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it just doesn't work. 
uh, Yui's kind of thing was was funny. I I think Nene's thing was funny. I, like I agree with Chris. Her little conversion was really really cute. So they're they're fun characters on the female side. <laughs> but I think it's a lot of the 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 fun is kind of lost in the idea that the the male friends are there that ruin it, or he gets stuck in his inner uh personification of his inner thoughts those things kind of ruin it for the long run when you talk about 10 episodes where half of it's taken up by i would probably say 75 maybe maybe i'll i'll, I'll be conservative 10 50 of the show is taken up by these annoying male characters and his inner thoughts and all that kind of stuff you're down to like five episodes to work with here so it, that's what kind of really bogs down the show for me Added to that, a lot of wonky uh, character designs. Nene, I think, got bigger towards the end, which didn't make any yeah, sense to me. This is very true. At some point, I, I, I thought I, she was even I, even I was going, oh my gosh, her her chest is getting larger. <laughs> yeah, literally, she, they were sitting in a restaurant, and I'm like, they're getting bigger, Chris. They're going to break the table. <laughs> I, that kind of character design stuff is just, ugh, does not work for me. And the, the final thing that kind of really hurts this show for me and I was hoping they were going to get into it, was that it kind of fills Manga Bait in the idea that you kind of, they never really reveal why she cares about Junichi. It literally just leaves it as he's he's denying her, and but it never says what, it doesn't give her perspective at all. So in the end, the one thing I was going into this for, never got. And that is a, a huge upset for me as well. I, I the, the funny thing is, is it was kind of one of those random things that I had mentioned to Andrew at the very, very start of the show was that the, there was probably something that, that you kind of uh, seen in, in Chunichi and, or, or maybe you mentioned it. To well, me. I was yeah, mentioning I, the idea that it was probably that she was a normal girl before and he doesn't recognize her and, now. Exactly. And, and so we were, we were going along with that idea that they'll probably reveal it by the end of the show. They never revealed it. And then suddenly at the very end, it, it felt like they, they, they came out and they kind of hinted that, oh yeah, by the way, you want to go check out the manga because you kind of may have feelings for, for Junichi before they got together. So, yeah. Well, it didn't say that. He no, no, said, it was why, a hint. Why you... No, it wasn't a hint. All he said was this, uh, something, something, and she said secret. It's a secret. That's all that was implied. She said that whatever the reason is a secret. Okay. And, um, but yeah, the... I, did you not feel like they, the guys kind of chilled out towards the latter half? Yeah. Because that, that was the only reason why I kept watching. All right. <laughs> well, no, it was because when we, we did the first impression, we were saying, I think going forward, all you all we can say is if you watch the show, just skip any scene that they're in. And I was literally going to go to do that as we were continuing the show, and I never got to the point where I reached the mouse. Really, is what it is. Right. Or if we were watching the mouse or reached the controller, um, so it did seem like they did chill off. But it, it, the, at the in the opposite, Minoru got worse. Like he got more offensive. Is really all I would put it. Maybe it was because there was less of the other guys, and so it stood out more. I don't know, but yeah, it's a it's a bad mixed bag. And so there's aspects of that are great that I enjoyed about it. Um, I don't think it got to its potential for that part of it that I enjoyed, which is really Junichi and Yokana. And it had on the other side a lot of character interactions and inner dialogue that kind of ruined it. So, final thoughts? Nope, that's it. No, no. That is Hajimete no Gal, or My First Girlfriend is a Gal. Check it out if oh, you yeah. think it sounds Censorship is annoying. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The censorship was really annoying. Uh, not only covering up things, but just the fact that 
the hands in front of the screen and and screaming Gyarados like ah! oh no yeah I was like oh gosh please stop they stopped that too at least the sound effects anyways uh we were, we were joking on our discussion podcast because the director of this show went to make his, make his own studio and uh, we were noting the fact that every show that he's directed has had extremely annoying <laughs> censorship so uh just watch out for that director <laughs> you're probably gonna have bad etchy but he does a lot of etchy so if you like etchy you're gonna get more etchy in the future from his studio probably so that's that's m- a plus i guess in a way i've kind of enjoyed his shows the whole two and a half yeah, the no, student council president like. was. Uh, I, we enjoyed the comedy in that. There one was a lot. one of them that I didn't like. What was the other one? I don't know. It was uh, HSH, and then there was. Oh. I believe it was HSH, and then there was which I never finished that, so I can't technically. Oh yeah, what was the other one? Strange Plus or something like that? Yeah, Strange Plus I didn't like. Yeah, and then yeah, we liked student council president, and technically for the re- the etchy aspect, HSH was good. So for the etchy aspect, <laughs> uh, moving forward. We have Sagrada Reset or Sakurada Reset. This one streamed on Amazon, ran for 24 episodes. We're finally done with it. Done by Studio David Productions. Source is a light novel. The genres are mysteries, superpowers, supernatural, and school. And this one, oh my gosh, <laughs> where do I start with this one? It takes place in Sagrada, which is this town where half its population has powers. And the kind of thing they kind of put it as that if you leave this town... You forget that you had the powers and you forget everything about it. So the idea is that if you want these powers or you're okay with living in with these powers, kind of you're there. So, yeah. And there's this this corporation called Kenry Kyoko who monitors these people and makes sure that, you know, powers don't go awry, people don't get hurt, stuff like that. Um, it starts following um, Kei Asai who gets a letter to come meet somebody or I think it was for to meet Soma, but... As he goes up to the uh, the roof, he meets this girl named Haruki uh, Misora, who is a friend of Soma, who he's was going up there to see. And I come to find out that Soma, this this friend of theirs, Soma, is trying to get uh, Kei Asai and uh, Misora Haruki to kind of work together because, as we find out later on, their powers kind of work well together because uh, Haruki has the ability to reset time by, was it three days? Yes, up to three days. And so she can save at any point. That save lasts for like 72 hours, something like that. And then if she says reset, um, it'll go back three days to the point that she saved. Or, yeah, something like that. Up to three days that she can reset. <laughs> she reset. I don't remember. It's something like yes, that. She, it's up she, to three, three days. She can reset time. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so... and But the thing with Kane Asai is that he can actually... He's really good at remembering things. And what it turns out is that when she does her first reset, he's able to remember everything that happened up to that reset point. So obviously, they would be really well working together because he could basically find out what was wrong. Because whenever she does these resets, everybody, including herself, forgets that everything that happened that time. So Chris makes the joke. How does she know she can reset? (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, he remembers things. So he's the only person that remembers that this reset happens. Even though later on it gets annoying the fact that people somehow know, including her. I, I I appreciate that technically she knows when a reset happens ever since she works with Kay Asai because he usually kind of tells her. But yeah, I do agree with Chris. How does she know outside of that? But that's fine. Uh, this is a show which we'll get into later on. You don't want to think too hard on these things because it's just it's how it is kind of thing. So, but anyways... 
they work together to try to help people. So if he's, they see something that's happening, they work together with uh, the Kanryuku place. And they also made a club in their school where they're going around helping people. So that's kind of the gist. They're in this town. Half people have uh, different abilities. And they are working to kind of help people's problems and help people with powers and stuff like that. So that's the gist of it going forward. Uh, but yeah, early on in this series, you kind of have it happening where one of the characters uh, finds a lot of misfortune. I, I would just leave that at that. And that kind of triggers a lot of things down the line as it kind of jumps forward uh, into a lot of plots that are kind of going around the village to remove powers and stuff like that. So that's a, that's a thing in the later parts. So, yeah. <sighs> I want to put this kind of in the category of... I don't want to put it in cross age levels of I don't know what I think of this show. <laughs> I, because cross age is confusion. Say say yeah. <laughs> well, the cross age is a confusion thing. I have no clue what to think of that show. This one's more of a thing of I have a lot of cool things that I like about it, but there's a lot of things that I don't like about it. I think the one thing that I hate the most about this show is all the characters feel very robotic. I the, the There's no emotion in any of these characters. Except like, for Soma. Yes, a lot of Poor emotion. Soma. <laughs> Poor emotion Soma. Soma. <laughs> um, Haruki, I appreciate that the later parts, it kind of shows her gaining emotion, which I guess is the point of her. But for the most part, but that was a point in her. They they made it a point that she has little character in herself, and she's trying to improve that. But everybody else, you could not be any more robotic. Uh, I mean, besides maybe Michiru, she has a little bit of spunk to her. Uh uh, Eddie, Oka, she has like a little bit of a um, mischievousness of her. But mostly everybody was pretty blank as character-wise. And that, I think, is a biggest struggle because it's hard to feel what these characters are going through or feel that there's any kind of issue when most of the characters either are blank or completely bat-crazy like <laughs> Murase, who, yeah, bat-crazy. So that's my first issue with the show. My second issue is that the it started out very melodramatic. Even though I said that a lot of these characters are very blank characters, it was still felt really melodramatic how they kind of opened the first few episodes. And there's this dream sequence that I think kind of went on a little bit too long. But outside of those two issues, like in the late first core and then the late second core, I really enjoyed the show because it... The main things that I love about the show is it's it's pretty smart in how the characters interact. It does get a little bit too philosophically, uh, a little bit too smart for their own good kind of dialogue, but it's smart in certain ways. And I love the use of the abilities. And that's one of the biggest draws that I had the show early on was the abilities and how they would use them. And they use them in really, really, really clever ways, especially... Um, the, how they use the photography. I'll just leave it at that. How they use the photography was really fascinating. How they use the characters in dire situations, really, really fascinating. And I love how that kind of works. And then my final reason why I really love this show is because Soma. <laughs> I love Soma, so <laughs> what can I say? I can't blame you on that one. <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things for me. I, I, I kind of am so mixed on this show because... In one respect, I do like how how it tries really hard to be very, very high minded about its 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 ideas, and it tries to see those through. It doesn't get stuck on this. This is not an action paced show. Don't don't even think it. 
but it does have some it's, things it's that are more by the minds. Really. Yeah, it, it's and and it tries really hard to do that. And and these characters are very very low key. So, in when when you know you have your big bad guy going up against uh, SIK, they're sitting there having a big old conversation in a debate of. And it's it 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 is interesting that they do do that, but at the same time, there is I can't say that I want a more emotional uh, kind of battle between these two characters, but I do also feel like I want that that kind of battle. Does that make sense? I want these characters to have more passion in what they are saying. And I don't think that anybody, I don't think you ever get that out of any of these characters. And I think I don't blame a lot well, of people for giving the up problem, on the show. Well, the that. problem is it's not an X-Men type show. They, they have powers here, but it's not X-Men. It's really just more theories of the minds, moral grounds. Uh, yeah, like you said, a fight of the minds kind of thing. It's not really a thing of, well... Obviously, Kay Isai has to go find somebody that can shoot fireballs to stop this guy that shoots ice. It's really a thing of, well, you have this issue with this. Let me show you how we can resolve it. It fails, reset. Okay, now let's see if we can approach this from a different angle and possibly fix this issue the right way. And that's something that's kind of prevalent throughout the entire series of is how how many times can you run into this wall before you figure out where the door is, that kind of thing. And that was really the gist of it, not really so much a battle of strength, it's a battle of minds kind of thing. Right. And yeah, it does work in the most regards, but you have the faults of the idea of, you know, very blank characters and characters being a little bit more smart than their own good kind of thing in the end. But at the same time, KSI remembers things very well. So he's obviously a smart person. He can flip through a book and probably remember everything in word. And he, he does actually flip through a book and remember everything in it. So, <laughs> well, and, that, and that, that's what I'm, I'm saying. It, it, you have these characters who are so subdued. You wonder how they have the passion or drive to actually want to do the things that they are saying that they're trying to do. Like K, uh, SIK trying to do what he's trying to do at the end do you ever feel like, well, what what's driving him to do that? Okay, well, technically this character or this character he wants to do something for, but that he doesn't ever show that much interest in those characters to actually want to do that. That's that's what I'm talking about with passion. I that is what I I don't. Well, that mind. was that was the issue that I had with with Soma altogether was that. <laughs> It gets this whole thing of him being them talking about how they're upset about what happened to somebody, and they're like, you're not showing it very well. (laughs) You all look very blank. I don't know when you're crying or when you're smiling. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's the... the, the, And and I don't blame people, because that that is a, a huge struggle of the show itself. If you have these characters that have very little expression, how do you find any kind of passion or strengthen them when all they do is just talk philosophy and not really get to why they are the way they are. Exactly. So I do agree with you there. So And 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 that that's that's why I don't think that I ever act, I did get a little frustrated with people bashing the show at the beginning, uh, but at the same time I don't blame people because it is one of those shows that does come off. I mean, in the first few episodes, you will see it right away. You're either going to like it and it 
does not get any better. If I remember correctly, the first episode was just a lot of talking, and that's what everybody hated about it. It was literally an entire episode of talking. So, yeah, it's very wordy, so keep that in mind going into it. Like I said, but I think even though they were kind of emotionless in the beginning parts of it, I kept with it just because I was kind of fascinated by the abilities and how they were kind of using them. And that was something that kind of kept me going throughout the entire series. Um, So I came for the, the powers... I got blocked by the, the, the expressionless dolls and the dialogue. I stayed for the powers. I I loved it for Soma. There you go. <laughs> Came away with Soma. Came away with Soma. <laughs> oh. We deserve that waifu. You leave us alone. I But th- see, that's the thing. Everything plot-wise surrounding a single character that can make me probably still love the show and not want to bash it is testimony to how much I enjoy character. Probably still in Michiru, too. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Chidu can come along, too. He was pretty cool. I don't think you can have Michiru without Chidu though. He was the only one who broke a robot, so hey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very powerful. <laughs> Very powerful dude. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and I think it had a very, very bitter ending for me. Was not happy with the ending at all. I think it did well in concluding things. It answered a lot of questions, and it put a lot of bows ties on it, but it was putting a bow tie on, like, a broken finger kind of thing. So, yeah, you, you could only go so here, far. Here, let me take a hammer to your finger. Oh, here, don't let me worry, tie it up a real bow quick. Tie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't care, it hurts still. Oh. Yeah, that's, uh, so I got a, so got a reset. You have absolutely zero thumbs or ups or downs, just... If you like what you hear, go for it. Just expect what we said. So, did I did I did the spoiler? Yes, you did. Oh, that was a that was a pretty bad ending spoiler. So I will be good to say. I that. don't remember what I said. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. I'm used to it. We're used to it. But we we we, we write them down that way. Nobody gets spoiled on things. So I love just and know you wrote it down. So I was like. Crap, did I do that? While I'm still talking, I'm sitting here thinking through my head. <laughs> why what did I spoil? That's why I try to scroll quickly so you didn't read the spoil part. Uh, Love and Lies. Yeah, there's another one that I'm going to enjoy talking about. Uh, Koi to Uso. This one streamed on Amazon, ran for 12 episodes. Studio is Liden Films. The source is a manga, and the genres are drama, romance, and school. And this one takes place in Japan at a time where they decided to enact a system. There's this, this computer calculating system that will pick based off like your DNA and everything to pick the perfect husband or wife for you. So you really have no choice. Once you reach a certain age, you will receive a letter that is your basically your chosen or actually they handle it for them. Your your chosen husband or wife to be and then you will go meet them and then you will of course have to marry them or face the consequences because love outside of that decision is forbidden, so to speak. So it's a law. So everybody finds a couple at least, <laughs> but you, you don't get to choose your person. They're, they're going to choose it for you based off of their crazy awesome mathematics. Uh, we follow uh, Yukari Nejima, and Nejima at some point receives, or he has a huge crush on this girl named uh, Takasaki, or Misaki. I think they just call him Misaki. He has a huge crush on Misaki, and he decides to confess to her because he feels that eventually they're going to get chosen to you know have somebody so he wants to have no regrets so he goes and confesses to her comes to find out she actually is okay with him as well and they make out and then he gets a actually a message on his phone 
which ends up being his letter saying who he's going to be married with. And it says her. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. But then it starts glitching out and it disappears and his phone dies. And then these two people from the organization come up and confront them and say, hi, you're, you're, uh, you caught it, right? Well, here's your, here's your, uh, your letter. It has your assigned wife ends up being somebody completely different. So yeah, that's kind of how it opens. He goes to meet this person that he is uh, assigned to marry. Her name is Renina and she is absolutely adorable. And so now he is struggling with the fact that he has to basically get with this Rimrina girl to marry. At the same time, he is absolutely in love with this Misaki girl that he actually wants to be married with. So, yeah. So what's your thoughts on Love and Lies before I embarrass myself? I came away with a couple of waifus out of this show. It is... I, I love it in in the respect of it has a really great trauma um in these two characters who are assigned to Yukari. Now, Yukari himself, I can't stand him. I hate him. He is the densest. And 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 understand this. And and it's one of those things it's like yeah, he's kind of a good guy, whatever, but he is so dense and he is just such a he's harmful that's why i would put it. He's, <laughs> he's he's destructive yes and these poor girls are just one of them is trying to respect respect the the system and knows that the system does is is an actual good system and it does actually kind of match these two people up the other one is kind of stuck in this world of this 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 love love thing that is between these two it's something special and it should be held and i i i can't have that kind and she has this kind of um she she thinks such so so poorly of herself that um and and the, those those character in her um um uh, those character traits do show and shine through in these two characters and i just love the way that they kind of develop on it and and just it, it feeds into this drama and these two characters loving each other in in as well that just kind of brings the story out even better um yet nejima is such an idiot and i i can't stand him that he can't just I, this show needs to be split up into two and there should be a Nejima the Misaki story and Nejima the Ruruna story and just be done with it. <laughs> and, and hey, we'll, we'll even throw in a, a, a Nejima and, and Yusuke episode. There you go. Uh, first of all, visually, I I didn't like it at first, but I think there's a, there's a lot of charm to the visual style they have. There's a lot of moments of really fantastic directing with the visuals in this show that I really, really appreciate. At the same time, still could not stand the eyes. Uh, putting that aside, uh, for the show itself, I I had a huge struggle with this one because I knew by episode four or so that we were never going to con- get a conclusion with the show. And the issue, the why that's an issue is because the way it's set up is that you have two characters who are a possibility for this person and no matter what direction it goes, it's going to be detrimental. It's going to be heartbreaking. It's going to be damaging to these characters. So to have something where there is a lot of weight to a decision to not have 
a decision or any kind of conclusion sucks. And so right off the bat, all I can say is this show is harmed by the fact that it has no conclusion. Do I say it's a manga bait? I can't really say that because it does come to a chapter close. But at the same time, it does not come to a conclusion that is satisfying to me. I was very let down by the fact that this really does not have a conclusion to it. Not only that, but the show relies a lot early on to the system. When coming into the show, I was thinking it was going to be a typical love triangle or harem, whatever you want to put it. More love triangle for me in how they were kind of portraying this particular adaptation. I don't know how the manga stacks up to it thoroughly, but... And they put a lot of weight to make this different than most into the laws of the land, to the system that decides your, your, your bride in the future, or your husband in the future. And to have them technically, they broke that at some point, made me sigh really loud. <laughs> and it turned it into a standard love triangle. So it took all the flavor out of it and just broke it. At the same time, and this goes again into the idea of no conclusion, they never really got into what Masaki thinks. And she, even though she's constantly fleeing from the, the uh, from Yukari, they hint that she has another reason why she's not okay with them being together. And they never get into that. And that's a huge downfall is because, yeah, technically later on, they can probably have another Eleven Lies season two. Um, as it looks now, they're like maybe 10 or so chapters behind from the manga. So it'd probably be quite a long time before we'd ever even see a second season. So what I'm left with is something that now, okay, I've been, I've been way too negative. Let me, let me step back for a second. I did enjoy the premise. I thought it was fascinating, even though, like I said, they broke it. Um, but they didn't really do that until later on. And so for the most part, when I was watching the show, I felt a lot of heartbreak for these characters, and that's a testament to how well it's put together. If I feel like I'm heartbroken by these characters, even though technically that's in the realm of like torture, torture realm, so maybe I'm just torturing myself here. Um, I felt for these characters. I wanted them to have what they wanted. I, I wanted them to be happy. Rimuna was way adorable. She was innocent, and the way they kind of progressed her character was fantastic. I thought Rimuna was a great character. Misaki I loved because even though I didn't care for her at the start, they later on kind of showed me something that I was like, okay, wow, now I'm rooting for this character, and now I'm heartbroken because now I'm not thinking of Rimuna. And then I go back to Rimuna and I go, oh my gosh, no, I want Rimuna to be happy. So the, the, to be able to have me struggle between these two characters just as Yukari is, is a good sign of a great show. But the problem is, is that in the end, when it gets to episode 12 and the cast scrolls, I feel like I've wasted my time because I didn't get any kind of solid conclusion. I didn't get any kind of reveals as to what's happening here. I got no idea of what Misaki's thinking. I got no conclusion to what they're trying to decide on. I got no reveals into the system itself. That's not a fault to the story because technically it's from a manga that's still going on. But for an anime as itself without a second season, it's very kind of disappointing in that regard. So very mixed on this one as well. Any counter arguments? No, Final I, I like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I, for the most part, I really, really enjoy the the story as a whole. I really enjoyed, 
it's a couple of goods, a couple of bads. I don't know that I'm going to put it on my top 10 list of the year. It's just, it is what it is. And I, I, I came away with a couple of characters that I really enjoyed. And I think that's more than anything. What I got out of the show was kind of a character, character exploration and an interesting end for lack of a better term. It's, it, it was one of those, I, I'm kind of interested in going and continuing the story in in the mangas, but I'm not, I don't feel rushed to go and watch and read it. Yeah. I got a kick out of it. I put a note here. I am utterly confused as to why in a world where, you know, you're not allowed to marry anybody that's not, you know, ordered for you to marry. And if you don't marry them, you will literally get penalized in life. Like jobs will not hire you because you've been branded as somebody who denied this system that is so perfect. Has kids doing Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> I agree. Why is that not banned from this world? <laughs> I, 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 I think I. It, when you said that, I said I agree. I don't understand why that's there. Now maybe they just didn't show it. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's more pointed out in the manga. Maybe there's a change to it. Maybe they altered it in order for it to make it more uh, highlighting the idea that tragedy will befall you. I don't know, but it, it just didn't seem like it would be something you'd want to present to children. So that was, that was, uh, I got a kick out of that. So it worked out. Ah, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it's love and live or Koi to Uso. Hope you guys enjoyed yet another review. <laughs> we don't know <laughs> what we want to say about a show. Oh, recreators our next one. Yay, we get to finally review Recreators. This is another one that's a two-core. This one streamed on Amazon and ran for 22 episodes, done by Studio Choika. The source is an original. Its genres are action. And uh, it's the work of Eriyuki, uh Rie Hiroie, and uh, Suwano Hiroyuki does some music in there as well. So it's got some pretty cool people behind it. But yeah, this one... This would take place in modern time Japan. Uh, we were following a boy named Sota, who is an artist. Uh, on the side, really, technically. <laughs> Not really big name artist. But at some point, he's messing around with his tablet. And there's this uh, particular show on it, this anime show. And he suddenly finds himself getting sucked into his tablet. <gasps> it's, it's an isekai. It's a isekai. <laughs> Uh, but no, he he's dropped in this world. Uh, he, he, he realizes he's there with this girl named Celestia who is part of this action-type anime and light novel. I believe it was light novel or was it a manga? It was light novel. Yeah, from a from a different source of materials. Uh, and she's fighting some random person in this military get outfit, uh, has these swords circling around her, and then they get sucked back into <laughs> the real world, modern time, back into his normal time. So it's an isekai sekai. <laughs> I don't know how you would say that. Um, and now that he's there with Celestia and this, uh, this, uh, armored military dressed girl who they let her call, uh, Altair and Altair is fighting against Celestia. We don't quite know why. And they're just duking it out in the middle of modern time, Japan. And, uh, yeah, the battle kind of concludes as this other, uh, person shows up. Her name is Meteora and she's casting these or summoning these machine or missiles and rocket launchers and stuff like that. It's all crazy. Uh, but as the dust settles, we come to find out that people from basically different mediums of entertainment, where it be light novel, manga, uh, visual novels, uh, anime, are manifesting in the real world as actual people, and they still have their powers and everything, and they're trying to figure out why 
these creations are suddenly appearing in modern time. Uh, but they do know that there's this girl named Altair or this uh, this armored princess girl that shows up out of nowhere. She is attacking all these creations that are coming to this world. And it seems like she's doing that all for the sake of destroying the world. As Meteora, who is seems to be on the good side, <laughs> not attacking people, uh, tells Sota and many other people that technically, if they fight in this world, it will cause things to distort to the point that the world will just you know destroy itself so she obviously needs to be stopped so you have kind of two sides of this battlefield kind of get propped up really really quickly out of nowhere where you have people who uh altair speak to like uh Alistidia, mamika uh blitz these are these different characters from different worlds that were created and they she talks them into joining her and then on the other side, you have Sota with the government, and they're trying to gather up people as well to fight against her, all, the, all these these creations. On the side of this whole kind of, you know, kind of simple battle idea where there's a bad side and a good side, and they need to stop fighting, otherwise they're going to destroy the world, you have the concept of the created, and they're basically coming face-to-face to, -face to their creators, um, you know, a, a character from an anime meeting the, the creator, the writer of them, uh, a creation from a manga meeting the mangaka, those kind of concepts. And then you also have the element of these creations realizing the differences between their world and our world, our world having multiple layers to it, not being <laughs> at the time of their setting and everything location, not in war, not, you know, constantly fighting to survive, seeing tragedy left and right. Uh, I mean, one of the, for, for one case with Alistilia, she absolutely hates her creator because where she's from, she's from a kind of fantasy world, you know, knights and armor and magic kind of stuff. And her people are being slaughtered constantly by these dragons and people are dying left and right. And she can't stop these, you know, massacres from happening. And yet now she's face to face with her creator and she's really ticked off. She's like, I, you, you sent me to death and decay and you know, murder everywhere. Where, why would you do that kind of thing? And that's really kind of, in my opinion, where this show shines. I think, I think honestly, yeah, going into the show, I was expecting, you know, in the same realm of like Onoa Zero or something like that, really fantastic animation, great action scenes, cool fights. But I think in the end, when I come away from the show, I think the action's more sidelined to the more interesting element in... <laughs> like extreme meta that's <laughs> the best way I put it like seeing how these characters react to their creator how they how they think about their world versus our world how they think about their creator and why they are what they are how their creator reacts to their dislike of what they've been made to be those kind of things are really, in my opinion, what really shines in the show for me. It was, it's these long dialogue periods, so keep that in mind. The show is just heavy dialogue as these people kind of hash out what they think about these, what their what position they're in. But at the same time, there are conversations that I just eat up because I love, I love that concept of what would this character really think if they came out and said, "Dude." You have me in a really screwed up situation. What the hell is your problem? <laughs> it, 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 this show does, especially, 
the the first few episodes were were a real kind of mix of this uh what andrew was talking about where they were they would talk about uh the creator versus the created and and how they would talk back and forth and whether or not they uh the creators de- deserve the hatred that they get from this character or the love from this other character or in the and, and it's really really starts to shine in some of these situations where some of the creators are are just flat out saying they they start to reveal that hey we do have a um, we know you better than you know yourself. It, it, things like that that really kind of bring out the meat of what this show is. So in 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 some respects, I really really enjoy that. Um, I the the other thing that I I'm really kind of mixed on is some of the action scenes were really kind of neat. Um, and others were kind of, I want to say that they got kind of bogged down in trying to, how do I put it? They, they would get stuck in, in trying to make the, the scene work with what they were trying to do with the actual story. Does that make sense? Don't worry. I don't, I'm not sure where you're going with it or where you're at with it. You're the some of the latter, um, the the latter battle per se. The the scenes where they were trying to force the, um, the story along with the action just kind of, it it felt like they were butting heads at a, a, quite a well, few of those scenes. Well, all I would say with that later battle was it was probably not my favorite part of the show. I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the show is perfect in any way. Um, I think where it kind of failed for me was that later battle. I think it just went on way too long. They spent way too much time trying to highlight what rules were at play. And it was, I think I told Chris at some point, I was like, I I, I think I actually mentioned in our spoiler cast. It was like, I, I acknowledge that, this rule that is at play at this last battle is technically impossible to overcome. I'm wanting them to get to how they're going to break that rule because it really doesn't seem like I, I'm I'm losing interest because this is taking too long to acknowledge something that is technically a rule that is in play, and I don't care anymore, and I don't want this to last too long. Now, what might upset most a lot of people but I actually really enjoyed was the way that the conclusion came to about was not what I guess would be expected to how to, to find a conclusion. Like the ending wasn't what most would really kind of expect to have an ending. Now I could be completely wrong. There's probably people out there going, no, I expected this. That, that, yeah, obviously that happened. But for me, it was like that. I didn't really see them having that conclusion. And I can see that probably ticking off a lot of people. Because like I said, I, I think a lot of people really expected this show to be full on action, crazy action. And I think, I think the action was great. I loved a lot of the action. I the sound was fantastic. It had Sawano Hiroyuki playing amazing music, but it was usually mostly sidelined to these very, in my opinion, very engrossing and interesting uh, thought processes of creators versus created. So. Was that was that all you had? Was that or? Yeah. I, other than that, it looked great. Um, sound was a little bit loud a lot of times, but yes, because I had a full blast. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it, I, 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 for the most part, I enjoyed myself watching this show. 
you were kind of mentioning the idea of like those early interactions with the characters. I, I really love to, to give you a quote that's not really spoiler because it was so early on is that, so to like talking about how Celestia was part of this really entertaining uh, series. And she's like, well, it was not my intention to entertain you. <laughs> and that was really that there was really that cool thought process of like people going uh, like Elstelia asking, why am I in this world that is full of death and him going, because that's what people want to read. They want to they want to read somebody in dire straits that are fighting out of blood and ashes. They don't want to read about you going around sniffing flowers, which even though you probably would like that, <laughs> versus that. Well, I and don't that know. Just, I don't know. There out. was one character who was a a smelling flowers type character, <laughs> and, and they God, really God. really seem to enjoy that character. I, I got a kick out of. Uh, you know, okay, yeah, there's another character I really liked flower sniffing too. <laughs> Um, but no, Mamiko was a great character too because when she shows up, she's like from this, you know, love and, and rainbows, nobody gets hurt anime. And then she shows up in this world and she's shooting off these hearts and they're exploding things. And she's going, Wait, that doesn't happen in my world. <laughs> it's like you're in a different world. Your world has rules where you could shoot magical hearts and nobody gets hurt. In this world, people die when rocks fall on their heads. <laughs> and I, I like how they embrace a certain. Uh, they they embrace a certain sense of uh, self awareness, and I think that goes in that whole idea of meta kind of stuff. They were very meta, 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 meta with a lot of these characters being, you know, characters from anime. They're basically anime character or characters from mangas and stuff like that created by somebody who is in an anime that we're watching, talking about them being an anime or whatever. So it's 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 that regard that's really really fun to kind of you know look under every rock and really kind of dive into these brains. But there's like there's moments where that kind of gets really hilarious, and I don't think a lot of the humor really hit me with the show. But there was certain parts where I got a huge kick out of it, especially like uh, a character from a, a, a dating sim game. And I don't, we were, we, an I was debating on whether or not we were going to talk about her. I mean, <laughs> that no, I was got, I get a kick out of because I both love and hate that aspect because it's like okay, and and again, it, it's answering those really funny questions of like what would happen if a character from an adult visual novel suddenly appeared in front of a bunch of people, and then you finally realize how many of these people in this room actually wa- read through this visual novel because they suddenly blush. <laughs> and, and they're mentioning, and she's freaking out because she's like, well, why has everybody seen me naked kind of thing? And it's like, I get a kick out of that, but at the same time, absolutely hate her creator when he comes in and starts getting all crazy yeah. pervy. And it's like, okay, I was laughing, and I thought this was funny, but at the same time, it's getting a little bit uncomfortable at the same time. Somebody punch this guy out. Okay, somebody punched him out. Good. <laughs> But I, I like that sense of of exploring the possibilities and what these people would think if they were presenting with each other. What would these creations think of their creators? I guess I've repeated that, repeated that like 50 times. But that is really, in essence, what I really loved about this show. It's not going to be for everybody. I acknowledge that there was, like I said, that battle was a little bit too long. I acknowledge that I think it was probably a little bit too long episode-wise. I don't think this would have been as good as a single core but at the same time, I acknowledge that two cores was a little too long. So it's like I almost – I struggle with the too long, too short thing. So I, I accept two cores just because I know if it was a single, it would probably been feel way too rushed. Um, and finally, the no, best, I, fill, uh, best well, recap episode also. How many, how, many episode, how, many, how many weeks did we end up skipping? Three? 
We didn't skip any. We had we had one week that was a um, a recap, and we had two weeks that were skipped. That's why we're at twenty two episodes instead of twenty four, right? No, I think they only skipped one one week. I I, I thought that they were going to skip. I thought they were going to do a delay on season or the second twenty second, but they didn't skip that one or they didn't and delay. When it when it comes down to it, I just, the the thing is, I think that it was just. I mean, you could probably say that last battle per se could be shrank down just a smidge you could tweak a little bit here and there and probably condense down at least one episode out of it but i don't think that you could have really kind of pulled everything together except for i mean even when you stop and think about fluff the only fluff that i could really see is more in the battle sequences the discussions themselves had a lot of um I don't. I don't remember any kind of repeating of discussions. Well, they do. They do hit the same theories, but they're usually broken between a different character perspective of it. So, yeah, technically, they they discuss the what I think of my master thing several times because you had every single character doing that. But at the same time, there was each one of their own perspective of it. So it, it does feel like it's repeating itself, but it's actually the character's different perspective of what they think of their creator. I want to talk this spoiler because all that I all I want to do is want to go. I I like this scene. This is the scene that was for me. You know, everything else is like yes, it looks great, sounds great. I for the most part, I very much enjoyed myself. There was a couple dull parts in there for me, but it was usually those parts where it was just okay. Get on with it. Usually involving battles. I wanted to get back to the actual discussions for me. So the actual <laughs> character interactions. Well, that's the thing because the the only, the only reason the battles lasted so long is because they're talking about right. their their situation and what they think of it. Uh, I personally love the series, and I I know this is a very heated for some reason divisive show, and I don't know why. Uh, people love it or hate it, and the people that hate it are probably going to hate me for loving it, but. You know what? Different stroke for different folks. I loved it. I enjoyed it. Uh, if you if people match my taste, they're probably going to enjoy it as well. I think you're going to enjoy it if you like a lot of discussion between characters and theories on what what situation they're in. Uh, don't go into it for the action scenes because you're probably not going to get enough. Um, unless you just want to skip through it into the action scenes, which are really cool, cool action scenes. So uh, you can do that, I guess. But uh, for me, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fantastic series. I do think it was a bit too long, but at the same time, I don't think it could have been too much shorter. Otherwise, it would probably been too. It would cut a lot of dialogue that I really enjoyed out. So, it's not not good for me. So, yeah, that's uh, Recreators. I hope you guys enjoyed. I it, it sucks because as much as I enjoy it, it's getting into what makes me love it so much is really just a single thing, which is those interactions. So I can't really give people a ton of reasons because it was really just that that I really, really enjoyed. And it was something that I think if you want to explore it, I don't want to sit there and divulge it all to you. That's the same with me. It's it, If I was to go into actual things that I liked about it, I would go into spoilers. And that's because I want to talk about the scenes and what was in those scenes and why I liked those scenes. All right, that was Recreators. Moving forward, we have Sakura Quest. Or the Japanese title is Sakura Quest. <laughs> This one was streaming on Crunchyroll and is getting a Funimation dub. It ran for 25 episodes, done by Studio PA Works. Uh, the source is original, and the genres are comedy. I guess it would put Slice of Life in there, too. A little bit of little bit of drama, I guess. More, mostly Slice of Life. 
Uh, but yeah, this one follows uh, Yoshino Koharu. Yoshino Koharu is in Tokyo, and she's a, she receives a contract to a job because she's like desperate to find a job, and she finally receives a contract, and she has to go to uh, Manoyama Village to be the queen there. And once she arrives there, realizes it's out in the sticks, and realizes that she signed a one-year contract, and it is basically as a queen of Manoyama Village. It would be her goal and her task to revitalize and to revive Manayama Village because it's like in the sticks and it's desolate and nobody comes and visits and <laughs> all the shops are closing and the head of the revitaliza- revitalization group, is that what they call it? Revitalization? Something like that. Uh, uh, Ushimatsu Kota- uh, Kodata. He was <laughs> actually trying to hire somebody else. It was like this actress that was like a long time ago and she's probably like really, really old now. Uh, but he got the names mixed up, so uh, Yoshino Koharu is there instead. Uh, but they decided to roll with it, and so now she is the queen of uh, Manoyama, and she's trying to get together people to try to make something out of it, even though she was wanting to leave at first because she didn't want to be out in the sticks because she was originally from a place that was out in a very out-in-the-sticks location, and she never wanted to go there. She wants to be in Tokyo where it's you know big and bustling and lots of things to do. So yeah. It's kind of a, a mix of her discovering the 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 good things about such a out in the sticks type of location. It's about trying to figure out how to make something out of this village and the kind of blowback that comes from that. People that are comfortable with how quiet and closed down it is and trying to the the mixture of is it okay for me to try to change what people actually want it to be? Or what? why is this place need to be revived so much? Because it's a special place kind of thing. So, Do people yeah. love it versus do people want love it and want to see it thrive? Yep. So what's your thoughts on Sakura Quest before I make myself look like a bad guy? Looks great. It's PA works. Why it's wouldn't it? It's PA works. Um, I love the character interactions. I thought it was very touching in a lot of cases. Um, it it does feel like it it tries to capture the heart of loving loving the place that you live in um, versus wanting to see it do something um, and blossom for a lack of a better term. They want the town to moe. <laughs> I, I think it would be more uh, reseed and re and re blossom. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is a special show in 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 the fact that it moves. At a methodical pace in 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 trying to tell the stories of these characters, tell the story of the town, tell the story of um, this this country bumpkin thing that, for a lack of a better term, and what it what is um, what is important when it comes to what is the essence of uh, tradition versus uh, trying to get capture the. Um, interest of people and show whether or not this is an interesting place to be and and it and it really really does thrive on that uh that trying to bring forward the the shiny in this uh this filthy coin yeah i think i think a, a lot of it really has to do with how to make something out of nothing 
And that was really the task that was kind of presented with her. And it kind of seems like an impossible task. And I think to a, an extent, it's, it's something that you at some point realize is not really ever going to happen in certain ways, or in at least in the grand reason why they want to initially. Um, but it is trying to find something and make something out of it, even if it might not be, you know, turning it into Tokyo, <laughs> which is probably never going to happen. But I, I think I, I struggle with the show more in the idea. I love the aesthetic of it. It looks beautiful. I love all the characters. They all look cute. They are all fun. They are all very adult. I think that's a great plus to Sakura Quest is that these characters are adults. They act very adult. And I love the uh, a lot of the directing and artwork they did with it. I, I especially love that there's like never a scene where the characters will be wearing the same outfits the next day. Like every single scene, it seems if a day is passed, they're going to be wearing something different. So it, it seems like they put a lot of effort into making these characters believable, make them very adult, and to make it believable in the idea that their outfits are all constantly changing. Um, the sceneries are constantly changing. It, it's, it does it really well in making it a believable environment. Uh, the interactions are believable. They're never overly dramatic. They're never trying to push things too far to the realm of unbelievable. So I love that. But also at the same time, that does come with a setback in the idea that it, because it's so believable and because it's so mature, it loses a lot of its um, a lot of possibility because it doesn't seem like there really is much. Uh, drama there really isn't much blowback there is blowback but none of it really feels like dire nothing nothing feels uh you know intense it just seems like it's just okay let's go try this project that project failed let's try this project that project was a success and it just kind of goes with that the entire time while having these kind of fun interactions with the characters so while i do love its aesthetic i love its maturity i love it's realism in that regard as much as an anime can be real <laughs> at the same time i do see uh faults with it in the idea that it doesn't seem to amount to much i didn't really feel like i came away from it with anything memorable i think it will be probably sadly a very forgettable series because i never really got that that moment that went oh gosh that just happened or oh i this success i never really had that it didn't have I think I mentioned, I don't know if in our mid-season or a first impression, but I felt like the show was missing a heart. Like there's this, this heart that's not quite there. Not to say that it's devoid of, you know, emotion or character. It's just it didn't have that thing that grabbed me. And I and I also kind of contributed that to it not having... Because boring places can be interesting. Boring places can be entertaining. Uh, like Nanambiori, that show does out in the sticks. There's nothing very well. I never really had that feeling with the show. I didn't feel like I was out in the sticks. I didn't get that feeling of isolation and wanting more of a location. I just had characters that were fun to be with. I, not that I was bored. I was never bored with this show. I just, I never had something that said, this is out in the sticks. This is the troubles they're dealing with. This is making something out of nothing. It just really was these characters tackling projects, getting blowback or not getting blowback, and possibly seeing a success in the end. So not not that I'm saying it's a terrible show. It's just it didn't it just kind of amounted to an okay show for me because it didn't have that heart that I was looking for, that that drama, that success or whatever that would have grabbed me and made me really remember these characters in the end. So yeah. Hate me. 
That's a <laughs> that's a frustrating thing because in, in in a way I do feel like for me in, in in any way I felt like it had that heart, but I can agree that it when when all is said and done in 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 the next couple seasons am I going to go back and say dang this was just the thing that I wish I could watch it again or I I wish the the, the next season of this. No, not probably not for me. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't watch another season of it. I I definitely would. I I I think that these characters are very very fun to to see. Um, it it so in a way I do see that heart, and it, it really was more in the aspect of for me the 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 these four five girls wanting to see this uh this uh town do something special. But when it comes down to it, in is it a super memorable show? Probably not. But that's that's I I still feel that even that saying that much to me is 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 selling it short. I guess. Well, it's sad because you you want to love the show and you want mm-hmm. to appreciate it, but at the same time, for me, anyways, it's it's a struggle of technically realizing at some point when we go like to do our top picks it's like yeah maybe this might be fitting somewhere in the slice of life but it's going to have some really strong competition uh when we think about you know best moments of 2017 is there going to be a moment in this show that i'm going to go oh my gosh yeah i remember that one moment that was so no. oh great it it doesn't it doesn't go for that i don't and i don't think that they were going for that All right and that's what i don't want to give the wrong impression i think this was a solid show for what it was doing it was being a mature story about trying to make something out of the sticks. And that is not an exciting proposition. But at the same time, the characters still made it worth it. Seeing Shiori struggle over the idea that uh, she is like this oddball out of people that where she wants to stay there. And everybody else seems to hate the location. Erika and her struggle of wanting to leave the location. Those were, were, were solid points and plot points that I was engaged in. But at the end of the day... They're also not dramatic enough that I'm going to remember. But again, it's because it's sticking to a very real portrayal of that. So it's not going to be melodramatic. It's not going to be, oh my gosh, I don't know where Sandal's son gets stabbed by a random guy that shows up. No, it's not doing that. <laughs> by the way, Sandal's son was great. <laughs> it, it's going for a, you know, people working. But at the same time, I also acknowledge that. There are other works like this, like uh, Shirabaka, which kept pretty pretty realistic. Um, Hanasaki Roha, that kept pretty realistic. Those ones had heart there that grabbed me. They had struggles of the characters that grabbed me. This one didn't necessarily have that. It didn't have Yoshi, uh, Yoshino struggling with uh, leaving her family, even though she did kind of revisit them. It wasn't like a, oh my gosh, she really did need to leave, or my gosh, she should have stayed there. I didn't feel that, but I don't. Again, I don't think it was going for that in the end. So, it's a it's a sad thing for me because I I really was looking for the series. Again, I was entertained throughout it. Just it didn't have anything that's going to make me go, my gosh, I remember that show. You should go watch it, kind of thing. So, yeah. But if you're looking for a mature show, it it's definitely something that kind of stands out from the crowd. So, and that's something we don't really get much. We usually get you know kids in school and stuff like that or magic, and that's one that's kind of keeping grounded in more reality. So. That's are, the cool thing about it. Are we really doing this? That's uh, that's Sakura Quest. Moving forward, we have, uh, as Chris kind of alluded to, Netsuzo Trap, NTR. Are you ready, Chris? I'm I excited. suppose so. I'm excited. 
Like, or, here, let me let me smack you around a few times. <laughs> <laughs> this one streamed on Crunchyroll around for 12 episodes. They were nine-minute shorts. Uh, not nine-of-minute shorts. They're nine-minute-long shorts of 12 episodes. Sue is Creators and Pack. The source is a manga. The genres are drama, shoujo I. <sighs> and as the as the story would lead you to believe, it's about stilling people away because that's what NTR is. See, see this one. Okay, if you guys remember, a couple seasons ago we had a show called uh, Scum's Wish, I think. And Andrew had this weird thing of wanting to see somebody get killed. He wanted to see somebody <laughs> no, killing I everybody. Not, I did not say I wanted somebody <laughs> to kill somebody. I said, I think somebody's going to kill somebody. <laughs> that show led me to believe that somebody is going to end up dead by the end of the show. <laughs> and it may or may not have happened. I do want to spoil things. And, and in this show, Chris actually got that feeling. And I, somebody may or may not have killed somebody. <laughs> not going to spoil anything. <laughs> No, this one basically follows Yuma, and Yuma has a childhood friend, Hotaru, and at some point, Hotaru finds a boyfriend, and then Yuma finds a boyfriend, and at some point, Hotaru and Yuma are alone together in a restroom, and Hotaru decides to help Yuma by practicing kissing, and then Yuma gets really excited about that, and then can't stop thinking about that. Oh yeah, does this sound like a typical Yuri? It is! No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically from that point on, it's basically Hotaru... Uh, uh, Yuma trying to figure out why Hotaru keeps kissing all over her and, and advancing to her, even though they have boyfriends and their struggle with keeping their secret aside from their boyfriends and, uh, yeah, and struggling with their feelings with each other. So I, I coined it as this is what happens when you have a bunch of people together that like blaming other people for their own stupidity. <laughs> the anime. Because everybody seems to do stupid things and then blame somebody else for it. And that's just for it. So... Uh, yeah, I think when we were doing the preview for this one, I was mentioning the idea that I had, I have read into the manga a bit. And the one thing I took away from what little bit I went into the manga, which was, I don't know, probably, I want to say probably 10 episodes of the show I actually read. And what I kind of pulled from there was that I didn't like Kotaro because she was kind of throwing a wrench into things. And Fujiwara was, of course, all total trash and I wanted him to die. But there's this, like, struggle with the characters and their feelings for each other, but them not wanting to advance enough, even though they want to tease and destroy their relationships. So it, it's like this this mixture of when you take a typical Yuri and you mix it in with a, uh, you know, a two-paired love romance thing and you start trying to make sure that people destroy each other's relationship as much as possible while at the same time not wanting to blame themselves. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's an uncomfortable show to watch. I, I Sadly, we were kind of mentioning in the preview of if this show will capitalize on relationships or will it capitalize on the more uh, lewd aspects of it, the, the, the sexual aspects of it. I think it did well in kind of balancing the two of them, but at the same time, it it's nine minute shorts for 12 episodes felt like it wasn't really covering enough per episode to have really any substance. In the end, it was like mostly half the episode was struggling over their sexual feelings or finding out how they can hide or stop something from being revealed for somebody else. And in the end, I really got very, probably nothing out of the show, sadly. Yeah. I think that's really where I, I, I kind of fall in on, on the whole thing is like, 
it felt like they were trying to play a little bit on the the, the, they didn't do enough of the etchy sexy time thing and then on the other side it was like let's let's overplay the drama um, and scream at each other for a few minutes and then move on with our lives it's like okay you're not exploring the characters you're not uh exploring the emotions you're so this is for all anybody who said that scum's wish was horrible this is that plus it's a short so (laughs) (laughs) i think in my bads list here i probably put the best it ended up being too focused on confusion but not on not not enough on clarity i think that's probably the best way to put it I, that's the sad thing about it. I think it does come to a chapter close question mark, but <laughs> in the end, I'm not really satisfied. That's the problem. You you can give me a somewhat conclusion, but if you don't show the next scene where it probably is going to fall apart anyways, because that's how this works, <laughs> it leaves me with nothing. But yeah, I know it's going to fall apart in two seconds. So no, yeah. I mean when it all comes down to it. I guess I it it I don't know what what was expected out of this and I I like I said I it's it's a burning train that's growing on the tracks it's just like Love and Lies where you're like this is tragic and I don't know if I want to watch it <laughs> well I mean I well what like I said the other day when when we were talking about it it's the top bottom problem that's all I seen out of this show it was top bottom and then you had an abusive guy in there that it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you had, whatever. You had, you had top bottom. And then on the side, you had top bottom that were kind of wanting to jump in. At the yeah, same time. We, they need to hurry up to get, get themselves together. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how well, it's I, I mean, even at one point, I, I think I had mentioned, okay, I, can you see this guy going against this guy? Because th- this guy's doing this to this character. And it's like, I don't know <laughs> at this point, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, need, need, need Takeda to punch Fujiwara. That yeah. would be the perfect ending. That would I would have said the best show ever if that was the exactly. ending. Exactly. I agree. Uh, let's move on from uh, <laughs> One train wreck to another. Netsuzo Trap NTR onto Aho Girl. This one streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes, and they were 12-minute shorts each. Done by Studio Diomedia. Source is a four-comma manga. These genres are comedy, romance, school, shonen. Yeah, as the title would suggest, this story is about a stupid girl, and her name is Yoshiko. And Yoshiko has a friend named, they call Aku, and Aku is this boy who tries to study and tries to get good in school, but the entire time he's held back by this stupid neighbor that is obsessed with him and (laughs) will not leave him alone. And they're joined by other people, like the, the, it seems like the only sensible and level-headed person sayaka and the crazy uh student council or the uh, uh, uh class rep named fuki and oh yeah the the stupid girl's mom who's who's nuts also and once uh it, it was it aku is her uh retirement plan or something like that <laughs> she she wants aku to get with her dumb daughter because she needs to have a future if she when she goes to retire she needs somebody to take care of her <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's that's Aho Girl. This one's a basically a comedy. It's a full-on comedy. There really is nothing much outside of the comedy uh, that basically is basically consisting of a very stupid girl 
and how everybody reacts to that very stupid role. Where it, either it's Aku who wants her to leave, wants him to, wants her to leave him alone. Whether it's Fuki who is jealous of their relationship, that's technically not there. <laughs> Sayaka trying to keep people level. Uh, the stupid girl's mom trying to get them together. Uh, a random Gyaru inside their class, Akane, who just again is annoyed by the stupid girl. Ak- Aku's poor little sister, who's technically by grade standards dumb, but trying really hard not to be dumb. And oh yeah, there's these kids at this random park nearby who all think are actually much more mature and smarter than <laughs> the stupid girl. <laughs> So you basically have that chemistry. Um, I I enjoy this show a lot. There's a lot of really funny comedy here. I think a lot of it for me relies on the idea that this stupid girl is voiced by Aoyuki. And that's really hilarious, especially when she starts really screwing with people's heads. Because for some reason, this stupid girl really knows how to get into people's heads and <laughs> break people. Like, he, she broke her teacher. She almost broke uh, Aku's sister's brain. She broke a Gato girl's brain <laughs> and she broke a bully guy's brain. She's really good at that. So having her voice by Aoyuki definitely sold that. And I love the absurdity of a lot of the comedy in here. It it really relies on her stupidity. It relies on um, how some people can almost act as stupid as she is. And when that happens, it's really, really hilarious. So I like those elements about it. I think the only thing that I didn't like about the show was, of course, Aku's violence towards Yoshiko, because she's really dumb, and she annoys him, and he usually responds with violence. Which doesn't... It, which sucks, but at the same time, it is a lot of slapstick in, re- in that regard, but I feel it's kind of weak in the idea that a lot of the jokes are always kind of put to rest by a punch, and that kind of sells the scene short in some cases, where I think a joke is funny and they could do more with it, they just end it with that and move on, which I guess is a good thing that it doesn't drag out jokes, but at the same time, it kind of feels forced in a lot of regards and honestly pretty violent and cruel. But it, it doesn't. It, I got used to it at some point, and I guess it's a bad thing. <laughs> but I, I I enjoyed the show as a whole. I thought it was 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 pretty funny in that regard. So yeah, it's it's pretty much uh, along the same lines as Andrew here. It's it's. It it does have this absurdity that just it's like you 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 sit there and you go, am I really laughing at this girl being absolutely obnoxious and pulling off these stupid things? Like Andrew was saying, breaking the teacher that was just phenomenally done. It it really was one of those things of how did you pull that off? Not necessarily that. That it was, it was, it was that she was saying it, asking the questions, and those questions were simple enough that no matter how you look at it, it you you naturally have. Wait, you're you're making me, you're breaking me in the process that you're breaking this teacher. How are you doing this? Your brain does not function like this. Stop it. <laughs> She's so on track, mind too. That's I get a lot of kick of that as well. Like. I don't know where. I really love this banana. Let's go down to to thank the, the the person that grew the banana, the farmer. Okay, this is oh odd. Let's do this. Or okay, uh, I really want to show my appreciation for the day that we first both met. So I'm wearing the underwear that I wore back then. Wait, those are really really small. Why are you wearing those? 
uh, hanging out with the kids and having this extremely dramatically played out game of house with these two dolls. <laughs> so Nora gets crashed and she's all, no, it's dead. And everybody's kind of going, what the heck? She's freaking out here. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of its humor is just based on just absurdity of how stupid this girl is and how well that kind of played out. So a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, anything else to add on that one? Uh, it's, nah. a, it's a it's a comedy, it's a so it's really not, not much. Yeah, it's a short and a comedy, so there's not much to go into there. But oh yeah, taking out the it looks the, like crap. Yeah, it does not look that great. <laughs> taking taking out the guys that uh, t- that messed up the banana sundae, <laughs> shoving bananas in their mouths. Taste it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, next one we have, and I guess the last one we have is Sura Dude Children. So are we saving the best for last. Technically, I guess. In, 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 I guess I, I can go with that. Sude Dude Children, or Sude Zude Children, I guess is the Japanese writing of it. Uh, this one streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes. It is another short that ran 12, 12 minutes each. Done by studio uh, Gokumi. The source is a four coma manga. And the genres are comedy, romance, school, and shonen. Yeah, this one basically is. Each episode is about four or five. It could be shorter, it could be uh, more, or it could be less, or it could be more. Uh, little snippets of interactions with different people that could be possibly love interest of each other. So each episode might jump from these two pairings to these two pairings to these two pairings. Next episode could probably have maybe four pairings. And it kind of jumps between these scenes of these interactions with these different characters as they either are... Uh, developing feelings for somebody else and trying to express those feelings. Uh, Somebody that already has maybe feelings for each other, they're just trying to advance those feelings. Um, Some people not knowing what love is or trying to explore what, you know, a couple would do with each other. Those kind of things are kind of explored by jumping in between each of these characters. At first, I thought it was going to be a little bit hard to keep track of who's who because it was jumping around so much, but actually realize really quickly just based on you know how you know different the character designs are how their personalities are how it does well enough to kind of reintroduce the characters that i never really had that problem with this this show in particular i i really kind of attached to each of these pairings and they made such an impact on me with how well they kind of interact with each other that i knew exactly who they were and kind of just continue their their little story like kana and chiaki who are have always been friends and then suddenly out of nowhere, one realizing, oh, wait, I confessed to you the other week. We're actually going out. And they're like, oh, I thought that was a joke. Or I thought that was us playing out a, a role. I knew who they were as they went along each episode because they kind of made that impact so well. And they were, I guess you can kind of contribute to character designs and how different they are. Uh, but I absolutely adore this show because the comedy is spot on when it does the comedy. Uh, the writing for the comedy is, is hilarious. The adorable moments of the characters, the cute moments of the characters, the awkward moments of the characters are all portrayed really well, either being by just the expressions on the characters' faces uh, or just the writing or voicing. It all just worked really well. I just absolutely adored every single one of these scenarios. I think the only one that I... I think the only scenario I didn't care much for was probably Takeo and his friend. I thought his friend, the glasses kid, I, I just... They, I, I didn't really much care for their interactions, but everything else I absolutely loved. I loved 
the kind of more forward and more gruff nature between uh, Kaji and, and uh, Akage and how they one was, you know, smoking the back and the other one's kind of forcing himself on her. But then at the same time, she's kind of accepting it over time and her struggles with being better because he wants her to be better was, was fantastic. Kamine and Goda and how they are exploring relationships and struggling over not being too too forward, even though they want to be more forward. They want to be more selfish or whatever. And like I mentioned earlier, I loved Chiaki and Kana and them kind of exploring, even though they were childhood friends, trying to advance to something more. Uh, just it's a, it's a fantastic show all around. I did not hate a single bit of it, even though I didn't care much for Takuyo and his friend. I didn't hate it, and it was fine, and it worked out. And I actually laughed a couple times, so it worked out fine. <laughs> but there was so many... This is also one of those ones, kind of like Konosuba, where it's one of those rare comedies where I literally find myself laughing out loud. Uh, some of the the events that kind of unfold for some of these characters were just absolute... I felt so bad, but at the same time, I'm laughing a, a bunch, because like, there was this... you know. It, the the little sister of one of the characters who uh, decides to who's jealous of the relationship her bigger brother has with this other girl, just trying to ruin it by texting her, and she's texting all this stuff, and then at some point, or really quickly, the other one realizes what's going on and decides to tell this sister that he knows it's a sister that they they had a baby together, and she just runs out of the room and yelling, "Mom, brother's got a made a baby or something like that." It's just. They're absolutely hilarious, and every scene with uh, Kotori, who I would normally absolutely hate, I absolutely loved him, because he was just, yes, you you gotta find love, and twinkle twinkle, and stuff like that, I just, I got a kick out of him, he was, he's a, he was, a, he was the absurd part of this show, he was just absolutely absurd, and dodging uh, any attempt for somebody to love him, and just showing up out of nowhere, and giving advice to people, and then disappearing out of nowhere, <laughs> it was great, yeah. Don't you have somebody to go and confess your love to? <laughs> what are you doing here with me? Thank you, Senpai. Don't mention it. I was never here. <laughs> Just like you weren't here. <laughs> no, on, on my side, absolutely I absolutely hate this show. <laughs> I hate it. This was such an annoying show. No, Mega it bait. absolutely. Mega bait. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. Um. I had a hard time not loving this show. I I went into this show thinking I was going to hate it, and the entire time I was fighting the urge to hate this show, and <laughs> when all was said and done, I, I ended up loving it. I, I I can't I can't I can't fight it anymore. It it it's it's perfect. All the Kirai Kirais and all the Kirai and all the Doki Dokis. I got them all. Every character. There's 27 characters in here, and I love every one of them. I don't know that there's actually 27. There was probably about 27 characters. I couldn't fit them all. I didn't want to fit them all in here. No, I I really did enjoy this show. I I highly suggest it if you have anything close to my taste in in shows, go and watch this show. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, if you love uh, cute young relationships, young pup love, comedy, awkward comedy, uh, never getting the, the 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 lines crossing the right way, you're gonna love this show. Yeah, it's mis- all miscommunication. About that. Like, I, I love how many miscommunications have with texts and dropping phones in bathtubs. <laughs> oh, why did you have an for me? I dropped my phone in the water. Mom, fix it. Here, just punch it. That's not gonna work. It worked. <laughs> I, I loved every bit of this show. I definitely highly recommend it. It's just, it's it was a blast. It's definitely the 
obviously the hidden gem for us for the season. It's the one that came out of nowhere. It's the one that we absolutely loved. It's the one that will definitely be in the in the top picks for the, the, the year itself. So, yeah, definitely, definitely suggest it. So, is there anything we didn't cover? I feel like we're not doing it enough justice. I hate it. I know. It, well, that's that's what I'm saying. There's no way to just go watch it. I I don't know what else to say. It. it I can't sit here and go through the... I don't want to ruin any of the jokes. I want you to go and experience. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I do. <laughs> Talk about going to the end of the water and getting out of the water. I was looking at you, too. I'm Goda. <laughs> Goda was great, too. I loved all the characters. They're great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Sudi Jerry Children. If you don't guess, it's a, it's a suggestion from us both. So, good stuff. And it's not much of an investment being 12 minutes each. I, I I guess if you wanted a negative, it was too short. I wanted I wanted more. I I, I highly no, agree. I mean, no, technically I would say that I would want to keep it at 12 minutes because I think that's it's that's great as an overstate's welcome, but I just want another core. <laughs> another core. Another core. This is this is literally manga bait in a good way. This I love this so much, I want more. Not that it didn't provide me a conclusion. I just want more of it. So yeah. The good type of manga bait. All right, well, that's that's all of the reviews that we have today. I um, hope you guys enjoyed all those reviews. Hopefully, you don't hate us, or we hope that you love us. <laughs> I was going to say the opposite. But, uh, but yeah, we will have two more segments. We have plenty of other shows to go through. I think the other two episodes will be, I think, a seven, seven shows and eight shows. And that could always change if one of us decide, crap, we really need to pick up the show or something like that. Um, I doubt it at this point, but... Because we have other shows that we're trying to tackle down, like a little bit of academia. That one's coming, yay! Um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. We're gonna go through an outro, and then once the outro concludes, we'll jump into some spoiler discussion. We might bring up some discussion. I know there's some points I want to hit. They might not last too long. They may last long. Um, I have on my docket Sagrada Reset, Love and Lies, Recreators, and Sakura Quest. So if you watch those, check out our show notes for this episode, and you can know where to jump forward to. Uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of reviews for the summer 2017 anime season. Again, we're at TakuSpirit.com. You can go there for our anime, new and old, and our community up the top there in the forum link, social media links on the right side. It's from anime fans for anime fans. And you all take care. Os. <laughs>
Um, all right, we are back. Um, I, I, t- I technically don't really have much to talk about spoilery for Sakura Quest. I just put my docket here. Do you, th- you think we could see a sequel come from that? Because, I mean, it does show her go to another location. Yeah, that, yes and no. I mean, if they, if they wanted to explore another c- city... I don't think that they'll ever capture the same. I mean, like like we were talking about earlier with the whole heart thing. I don't think they'll capture the same heart. It'll be a different heart, but I don't. Think I just don't think she would have because she's already pretty much gone through her being a queen development. I don't say that she doesn't have anywhere room to grow as a character. She matured in that show, and I think that was great. But. I can only see them really kind of going, okay, now she's presented with new people that have problems. She has experience now that she can bring to there and she might be able to tackle things better, but then still have that blow up in her face because she might get too confident because of now if she was, and I, and I don't see that happening. You know, what I was getting ready to say is if, if, if she was to bring the team back together, quote unquote, and, and I don't see that happening in another city. I mean, one of them doesn't want to leave. One of them's in another, is in other countries, and I just see it being she probably gets like three or four new people, and then she brings in the other ones here and there to help her with things. Possibly. Like, oh, okay, now she needs a, a you know, a website. Okay, she brings her in, she makes a website really quickly, and then she leaves or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it would capture, like I said, I don't think it would capture the same essence. I mean, outside of her, I don't, it just, it wouldn't be the same. I think it's one also one of those things where obviously it's going to rely on if they sell enough Blu-rays or whatever, so or figures, plenty of figure opportunities. Uh, next one I have on here is Sagrada resets. So again, if you don't like spoilers, this is the point where you want to flee for Sagrada reset. Check the show notes. Um, I guess the only really one that I definitely want to kind of address is how. What did you think about the ending? I I, I think that it was very. Again, like I mentioned in the review, I didn't expect it to be, I need to find somebody with fireballs to offset his, you know, ice shooting or whatever. It was really a, uh, it's only to come down to a play of minds. But at the same time, you can kind of almost see that it was kind of anticlimactic. The ending was really more about, they had a lot of buildup for this fight with the other guy, but I guess it's cool in the idea that technically he wasn't the big bad. In the end, it was really Kay and Soma and their struggle is really the the ending boss battle if you want to call it that i it was really interesting seeing a lot of people that were actually hinting at the fact that technically k may be seen as the bad guy of the show because he is the one that is preventing what would seem like obvious the obvious choice which is to do we really need these powers did at any point did anybody say why powers need to be there K Asai claims that it needs to be there because he believes that that is interesting to him and he wants that there, but that's a selfish thing. And I guess he kind of acknowledges his selfishness, but technically there is no benefit to having the powers. It's not like at some point somebody says, this person has this ability and it can actually cure cancer. No, it's their the abilities are useless outside of just doing something that does not benefit anybody. Well, one of them... And I go back to that one uh, backstory scene where they were saying that somebody was going to die in, unless they had the powers or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the scene that well. I 
I didn't particularly find K as a bad guy. I mean, I don't even really think he's a bad guy because he made Soma sad. Let's get that out of the way. Well, yeah, (laughs) anything that hurts Soma is horrible in every way, shape or form. We'll just take Misora, Haruki and Soma and and run them away and make them a Yuri item. And we'll be happy with that. Um, No, it, I, I, I agree. I think it was a very, very eh, ending. It's okay, good. We got something, I guess. I, I was more interested in when it felt like they were going somewhere with the stupid books and, since the books, they never did anything, and I—that's where I, my my frustration was. I forgot what was in the the books were the ones that were playing out, were laying out what happened in the past, wasn't it? Yeah, that was they went into it, and that was how they found the resolve <laughs> was by putting the power into a cat, and then making the cat be frozen instead. Yeah, that was that that was about all they did with it. It was like, okay, what was the point in the books? I mean, you could have had somebody tell him that for goodness' sakes. It, for all that that mattered well they had to go into the dream world in order to find a replica of the books so that they can read the books to find out who the people were that keeping the the town together in order to find a resolve in order to keep the town together so it did technically have a purpose <laughs> then I, what was the point of the stupid stone <laughs> i think the MacGuffin stone i in the end i want to say that it was probably a it was a MacGuffin stone. It literally was a MacGuffin stone. It was to start the entire thing. That was the point of the MacGuffin stone. Right, and I think I think in, in Soma's eye, K.S.I. ends up becoming the MacGuffin stone. He is the one in the end that controls a lot of the powers. I, I just want to say that that was what I got out of it. Because, yeah, in the end, I'm like, wait, what happened to the MacGuffin stone? <laughs> he never got the MacGuffin stone. But I think it was probably just the symbolism. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, yeah, that last scene with Soma just broke my heart. I, I did not like anything about that last episode and how it was concluding. I, like I said, I appreciate that it kind of wraps everything up, but at the same time, it's not a wrap up that I'm happy with because Soma's upset and not happy. Um, and it really kind of just lays itself out as like, okay, why is Soma okay with this? Because all he does is acknowledge that she is the real Soma because she wants him to tell her that she she is the real Soma. And then it comes, okay, cool. Um, I'll help you with your work going forward. Goodbye. And walks out the door. It's like, what the... How is this how we're going to end all of this really upsetting situation here? No, uh, she wanted to be told that she was a different person so that she could move on with her life. And, and he, he didn't allow her to move on with her life. That was why it was stupid. <laughs> but at the same time... She needed her. She needed to. She needed to be told that she was somebody else. She didn't want to be told that she was Suma, uh, Sumari Soma, so that she could let go of her feelings for KSI. That was the stupid part about it. He did not allow her to move on with her life. That was what was stupid about that scene. Well, but at the same time, he acknowledges his selfishness in the idea that what has she got left if she if he tells her that she's not her? She's gonna basically break. So it's like this mixture of does he acknowledge her and then she lives the rest of her life not being able to be with the one that she loves? Or does he say that she is not Soma and then she realizes that she is just a copy and her life is meaningless and she just kills herself? It is like a there is no happy ending to the story (laughs) and that's why it sucks. (laughs) Just tell Haruki to reset and go away. I don't know. (laughs) 
I did like that uh, they did the, the memory transfer on, on Haruki so she can see. It was kind of one of those things of like you, you go through the entire series and you don't really acknowledge it. But at the very end, you kind of go, oh, yeah, that's right. Technically, Haruki sees him as being this flawless person who never makes mistakes because she never sees the mistakes he makes. And then when she does see his memory, she sees that he is flawed. And, of course, all the things that, you know, she technically lost, all the moments that she lost, her finding, uh, as Tichu was kind of pointing out, that she, if you reset, she's going to forget that she made a commitment to be better or something like that. All those things were kind of cool. That goes back to my my appreciation for this show is really in how they use the abilities, not so much the characters themselves, and that's what kind of sucks. Even though there are really cool little character moments kind of sprinkled throughout there. Um I just hate the ending. <laughs> it's not a happy ending. But how can that ever end happy? We knew it wasn't going to end happy. But I, I like the the using the pictures to... The picture with the stealing, which because when she makes herself out of still, she can't be reverted back, and she uses that to bring Soma back. The scene with Soma up on the rafters wanting to jump and him using the ability to talk back to him while he's pulling images of the future because she's using her ability inside this photograph it's like this so complicated scene right here is happening is is really really cool and that's again that's why i struggle so much with whether i like the show or not because there's these really cool scenes where they use these abilities so fantastically um yeah (laughs) love and lies unless you have anything else on it nope love and lies so if you have not watched love and lives Love and Lies, this is the point in which you want to turn away or check your little listings to find out when we're going to be talking about something else. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the one thing I only really have on Love and Lies is predictions. And I, I guess it, it kind of sucks because me and Chris have like, talked this one to death here and there. But I did want to kind of share it with uh, our listeners and our kind of thoughts going forward. I kind of mentioned in the review was the fact that I hated the fact that it hints that Misaki has something else, another reason why she doesn't want to break away. It does lay out pretty clearly that she doesn't like the idea of breaking up uh, Yukari and Rimurina because she's really close friends now with Rimurina and she does not want to hurt her. And that was the same thing with Rimurina. Rimurina does not want to hurt Misaki and thus she wants Misaki to be with Yukari. But she, when they kind of break out that, no, Rimurina is actually really dead set on doing this. She's found a break of the system, which was stupid, that they they laid out that you can break the system and not get penalties, which, again, was what, what I was talking about, where it kind of turned it just into a love triangle. But there was something else, and I assume it's probably because, like, the only thing that would make her not be able to break off, the reason why she thinks the system should hold true, the I can only see that being that she is probably going to get paired up with somebody that is like important, like a, like a politician's son or a leader, some kind of big important persons in the, in the world that she would not be able to break somebody that she cannot deface. And that was what, if she were to deny whoever she's married, going to be married with, that would look bad upon them. So it has to be that she's going to be paired up with somebody important. Or she hasn't been already. Yeah, and and I, and I kind of agree. It, it, the only thing that I would probably say that would put a kind of bend on that is that Shu said something to the effect, or Igarashi, whatever, the white-haired girl. Mm-hmm. She said something to the effect of, 
um, that she has a secret that she cannot tell anybody or something like that. And well, it like, plays and, along with it because Igarashi said that she or expressed that she cares for Misaki. And if she sees that the system is pairing Misaki with somebody important that is not Yukari, who she knows love, she loves, she obviously does not like the system and wants to break it. So I think that she's out to try to break the system before it affects him. I think initially, when we were talking about this, before I started running on my conclusion on Misaki, I just assumed that Igarashi had a family member that was ruined by the system. But now that, if that's the factor, then I think that's more of the case. Agree, disagree? I was slightly disagreeing. Oh. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, I did look into the manga again. I, I, it's like only about 10 chapters ahead, and there really hasn't really been anything besides one meeting with... Or they had one date, and that was about it. They didn't have the, the whole bride thing. I did notice that. Um, so I, I'm assuming the whole scene with them in bride's outfit was the way that they were doing the anime original conclusion, which, again, like I said, doesn't really doesn't really do much for me, so... Uh, and they did, they did kind of hint on those two, uh, that she still, she still thinks about him. Uh-huh. If that, if that makes you feel any better. Yeah. Uh, last one I have on here is recreators. The subjects that I have, and do you, unless you want to talk about some scenes that you really like, you were talking no, about. No, go ahead them. and get your, your stuff out of the way and, and I'll toss in my scenes whenever I can. Uh, the thing I have here is ending and being controversial. <laughs> the way I mean that is that Technically, the ending didn't start end with let's destroy Big Bad or have some big. They did have a big grand fight, but technically, the 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 defeat was in just here is a conversation to talk this person into leaving, and that was I thought was a cool way of ending it because, like I said, I I knew pretty quickly. I mean, of course, it lays it out the fact that this. Uh, Altair is is basically like infinite. Like anything, it can happen. She has been built to be infinite, and you can't destroy something that like Elsteria stabs her. Okay, well I'm just gonna reverse it. <laughs> like that was where I was getting frustrated because I'm like, okay, I understand now. She is infinite. She's never gonna die. Move on. And they keep trying these different things, and it's like this is never gonna work. Please just move on. And that was really my struggle with that later battle. Is like I, I am not liking how this is kind of just going nowhere, and I obviously know it's not going to go anywhere. And I, I kind of, I was surprised because I didn't actually see that coming. That they were, we knew that Sota had something that he was putting into her story, and was not really expecting Setsuna showing up. But I did really appreciate that because that was the only way that I can really see them stopping something that can technically not be destroyed was to get it to find peace, find... And I, I really love that scene because she was kind of like, you know, apologizing for uh, basically putting this into her, uh, creating her to be angry or whatever in a, in a way. So I thought, it was, I thought it was a really cool way of finishing off a story. Definitely not in the realms of normal for a show that people wanted to be an action show, but I thought it was definitely suit- suitable for a show of its what it was going for, which was like the 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 thought processes of these created and their creators. So did we get to talking about uh, what I wanted out of the last few episodes when in in a spoiler talk, or was it just between you and me? 
I want to say that we didn't we did we did talk about the ending with the spoiler cast. I'm not sure exactly what you went into. I that I had wanted something more out of uh uh Altair. It's that I wanted them to do something with her to kind of give me that that little bit of extra out of that. And and right after that I, we had that scene with Setsuna and it was like and I and I no technically not the next the next episode we had after that was where they made the replica of her and it, <laughs> it failed miserably <laughs> and and at, 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 at any rate when when Setsuna popped up onto the screen I went yes this is that moment this give it to me this is what I wanted out of this so bad and so it was definitely one of those scenes that just knocked it out of the park for me. The 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 Blitz and and his creator was such an awesome scene. I loved it with every bit of me. The Meteora's scenes, a lot of her stuff was really wonderful. I, I cannot really believe liked. she lived to the end. Yeah. <laughs> I totally thought she was gonna get killed. It, they they even they did even did a couple little cool little. Uh, shocking scenes with uh with our little uh visual novel girl i i was surprised with what they did with her <laughs> scanling outfits <laughs> well not just bastard. that but okay <laughs> no, no i i i just love the i guess we mentioned that in the spoiler cast the the spoiling of the the story no i think after i think the things that happened i don't did we talk about blitz and and uh his fight with his creator was that was that during our spoiler cast? I want to say that it was just before then. She that was that we was had the awesome spoiler discussion it, before. She then. literally just pretty much spit and said, "Yeah, whatever. I don't care. I'm your creator." Kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, it was that. such a great scene. There was so much there. It, it, I loved every bit of that scene. It was like her going and and just kind of saying his his words just before, or just after what he was saying. It was like. I I created you. I know you. I know everything about you. Anything that you I know do, I already know. And, and she pulls out this can out of her her shirt and throws it off to the side. Yeah, I already knew you were gonna shoot me. <laughs> no, she had a bulletproof vest on. Yeah, it was it was such a great scene. I loved it with every bit of me. It was a great scene. Now I liked. Uh, this is a total disagreement that me and Chris have, and I totally love it because i still love it as a theory but i i love that they kind of and they and they re-acknowledge it with meteora talking to sota at the at the grave for setsuna they kind of acknowledge this fact that uh setsuna shouldn't have been a possibility of being created because she is a, a person you basically brought somebody back from the dead that's an impossibility and i and i put it as this was exactly what he was talking to megane for this is what she granted him was making a a lie true something that is impossible tr- possible and that she that was a whole discussion that he had with sota and that that's why setsuna was being able to be brought back and chris was talking about something completely different that he was getting out of that scene which was cool i like it hey, well because yeah, megane disappears she megane goes, disappears. To, she goes to the airport and then she's gone and my my thing was okay that she had um his his he asked her um, to do something. We don't know exactly what he asked her to do. And with her power to be able to make a lie true, that she herself became Setsuna and then went for, went into the void with uh, what's-her-face. 
Yeah, the only thing that kind of breaks that, unless she, like, full-on, 100% becomes Setsuna, there would, it'd be an impossibility because she doesn't care about doing that. But though he does, he does, you know, trigger her to actually help him. I think, I think Magane is just off somewhere, just, you know, being, having fun somewhere. But I did, I did like that as a theory. I think it's still really fun. And yeah, because technically that's not a bad thing for Magane because she likes to mess with people and why not be with somebody who can technically create whatever. She's an an infinity, uh, omnip being that can create anything it wants to create. What, what would, where would, what would not be more fun than being with somebody like that? Uh, but that did create that did create this fun thought process of could you imagine like some random OVA where it suddenly uh, Setsuna becomes self aware of being Magane and all of a sudden out of nowhere starts forcing uh, Altera to create like tra- uh, tragic worlds where people are slaughtering each other just for you know uh, humor and she's laughing and Altera's going what what's what's happened to her but yeah the, the, I I do she disappears shortly before Setsuna shows up. Yeah, I do remember the 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 the. Well, it kind of makes you wonder because why they didn't the show light her turns inside out. So yeah, it just makes you wonder that why they didn't show Magane like in a random street somewhere and maybe I don't right. know America or something like that in the final episode. She was literally not in the final episode at all. All I could chop that up was that they are making a side manga with Magane in it, and they might be just her. That's her story. So everybody's upset that not seeing more of her. That she's gonna be there or whatever. Or that could be based off the light novel that she's a part of, so we don't know. So we'll have to wait and see. Well, they, the question will be answered someday, I'm sure. <laughs> I did, along with everybody else, have Doki Doki breaks with uh, with that little quick snippet of Elastelia and Mamika crossover poster. I want to see that. I want to yeah. see. I want to see them two together finally. That was poor Mamika. She was so awesome. I was totally expecting them to bring her back. And especially when they brought back Blitz's daughter, I was like, they're going to bring Mamika back, aren't they? And then they kill Estelle, and I'm like, no, they're killing my saver. And then they kill Celestia, like, no, what the hell? Two that, one episode. Was, that one was a shock. I was not expecting Celestia to die. But at the same time, we both acknowledged in She's when we were doing the, the main character, she wasn't the main she character. Became side character. She became a, if anybody became Meteora, a, Meteora was, a, was. Yeah. it was like out of left field. It was like, wow, where when did this happen? I well, that is that is technically the the, the most meta part about the entire thing was that technically Meteora was the in the end, was the creator of Recreators. Mind blown. (laughs) She wrote everything. Mind blown. Even though Sota said that this story was about Setsuna, but Meteora wrote the story. So who wrote the story? Did Sota write the story? Or did Meteora write the story? Or did Setsuna write the story? Now I'm trying to remember. Or did Actuality sword princess write the entire story and put it into setsuna's mind to place it onto the uh no the it's, internet it's, it's and all, then <laughs> it's all a lie that was made reality by Mangane. that turned itself inside out and yes. actually is blitz's daughter the entire time <laughs> didn't die like everybody thought she did no, why Sota let Meteora walk away is beyond me. Sota, what the hell? You let her go? <laughs> I was like, dude, what did you not, why did you not get together with Meteora? What's wrong with you? 
oh, that guy is, he deserves to die. He deserves to die. So am I going to guess that we probably have the same best girl in this show? Um, If yours is Mamika, then no. Mine's Meteora. I'm going to have to say Meteora for me, too. I mean, I love Mi- Mamika, but she just didn't get that she much. She de- technically died way too early. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had appreciation for Alistelia because she's like a saberish character, but at the same time, she didn't she's stand like, up to Meteora. She's like every bit of your all of your waifus in one. I the, I don't understand how she could not be your waifu. I love. She is Joan of Arc. She is. Uh, she's. Uh, Saber, she's like everything that you like in in a character in one being right there. I loved her her story in this story, and the idea that she is from like probably one of the most bloodiest one of out of all these characters. Maybe barring Blitz, we didn't see enough of his world to know other than the fact that his daughter <laughs> was was really screwed up the way that she died. Um, we didn't get to see much of her his world. Alistilia was the one that I think was from probably the bloodiest of all of them. And her hatred towards her creator, his creator realizing what he's done, uh, telling him, trying her internal struggle of her creator, his, her creator going off to try to uh, make it right and make her stronger. And then in the end, she still dies and his outright breakdown because that was a great scene too. He failed. He feels like he failed her. And to make her strong enough, and he just broke. That was just, I loved everything about her story. And of course, Mamika and turning against uh, uh, Altair, I think she was probably the most uh, balanced of the two sides in that she was kind of constantly back and forth and the history that she has. Well, Takashi broke but, down as well it, when he he couldn't get Celestia as strong oh yeah. as well. It, 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 all of those scenes were really well done. I like a lot of that last battle. It, it, there was just so much to it in, in in all said and done and it felt like it was fruitless like nothing's nothing's going to come of this you know that you cannot defeat this thing which added added an element of frustration but it was still really great uh, but i i think meteora just stands out so much because she is the stoic character she's very knowledgeable uh she has a lot of going for her she's the one that does a lot of the reveals uh and she was just kind of the the glue that kept everybody together in the end, and I really really like that. And she technically was one of the most powerful of them all, but she's never really. It was never really upfront about it. She literally <laughs> created. She literally <laughs> created people out in the middle of nowhere. Like she created this portal thing that's watching everything. I, awesome. I was literally at the ending. I was like, please don't go through that portal. Please don't go that through that portal. Please, somebody <laughs> write uh, her a better story and send her there. <laughs> She's like, I can't. I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, but she just comes a commoner and writes books. Of all the things, well, I, I like the I liked her reasoning. She wants to create uh, what she was created from. Like she she wants to do this thing that she was created out of. She wants to write th- these stories that become so impactful for people's lives. And that was really really cool. So, ah. Uh... Though it does make you wonder how it, it kind of plays in that whole realm of what are they when they go back to their world is they technically won't really have much knowledge unless they're wrote into back from that battle royale back into their normal story with the knowledge of what they had in the story in the real world. But yeah, show and <laughs> like how they're, they're going back and they're like, you, you can't, you can't play the, the or they, the, of course they reveal the fact that the, 
the fortune teller was the one that was behind everything and Yuya didn't kill Sho's uh, sister. And it's like, oh, we just have to go back to fight. No, because you already revealed everybody the secret. <laughs> you already spoiled everything. So now we got to find something else. Because he was, he's wanting to write another, another good story. That's good. I like that. Uh, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, even though I'll probably think of something later on. Yeah, me too. Oh, the glasses. The glasses were important to her. That hurt, Shoda. That, that hurt me too. <laughs> These glasses are important to me. At least Celestia got got her uh, her coffee. Yes, yes, she wanted her to write. She wanted to write some coffee under her story. Even coffee though she won't. More, was it coffee and more colors, or? Oh man, I just read it the other day too. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, that's all the review, all the spoiler talk that I guess I can pull out of us. <laughs> Well, we'll think of something in a couple minutes. We always do. We hope you guys enjoyed this little spoiler segment. Again, we have two more review segments to go for uh, sp- summer 2017. We'll probably have some more spoiler talk to go with those ones. Probably definitely like Made in Abyss. We'll probably definitely have one. Just so we can rant and rave about... Uh, 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 now, Nanaka... Nana, Nana, uh, what, what the hell is the name? Nanashi? Nanashi? It was Ozen, and now it's Nanashi. So <laughs> we have two characters that we're going to gush about from Made in Abyss. Uh, but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed. Again, we're at TalkWithSpare.com. And Mitty. Mitty, yeah. <laughs> Y'all take care. Oos! Fuan na toki 